You're listening to the Pittsburgh Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. Just go to any of those apps and search Pittsburgh Podcast Network. Enjoy the show. We're at Delaney's Coffee Shop, my favorite coffee shop on the south side of my neighborhood. A few blocks away from the house, scroll down, and I'm lucky I run into my old buddy, Gene Collier, I haven't seen in a while, and it was great seeing him, man. I ran into him and his lovely wife, at a, on a sad note, as we mentioned, Sam Nicotero passed, right, and right. Frankie's father a ago. was a radio legend and actor and great person. We, 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 we started chatting, and we didn't see, we lost touch for a while, just life. You just do, just you know. We all, everybody out there, friends. You didn't talk to you in a while. You're still great friends. You're, yeah, it's like, it's hey, great. where you been? Great. We're like, what the hell know. happened? And right. all of a sudden, you know, time sure. goes by. Life, life happens. But yeah. Gene looks like ten years younger than the last time I saw him, and I'm afraid <laughs> right. for myself. So I used to look 85. Yeah. Now I look 75. No. Something like that. No, no. I mean, <laughs> you, I'm afraid for myself. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, I look worse. He looks better. No. You know, it's this thing. You get a little worried, yeah. <laughs> and, and he lost a lot of ways and shape. I'm pretty sure he's done three Ironman. That's where he was. I think he was on <laughs> Ironman competitions, yeah. and I missed uh, him. Not and quite. I, I'm so sorry I missed those things. I want to know why I heard he came in second. <laughs> eh, you'll get it next time. Yeah, it's mostly from walking the dog. <laughs> walking. Oh, before we get into this, you know, I got yeah. I don't want to forget this. So, <laughs> I, I got to say hello to uh, a couple people that listen to the podcast every week and sure. I really I appreciate when people come up and say hey Jim listen to the podcast or, or or even if you say hey Jim do an impression whatever you want but uh, Dave I want to shout out to Dave I ran into him in front of Iovino's uh, restaurant in Mount Lebanon and uh, I was out with friends uh, heading out with friends Jack and Christine so ran into Dave and I just really appreciate that Dave and, and everyone else out there you listen every week and a nice young lady uh I apologize. I can't remember your name. Uh, I don't know if you even gave me, but we were talking. We met at Rite Aid uh, in the South Side, and you listen, and she listens every week. So, really appreciate everyone listening, and, and it means a lot when you come up and say, you know, hi to me that you're that you are listening into the show. And Gene, we're talking about Murphy. Let's go back to Murphy real quick. Just your dog, because we're going through the same thing in the sense that. A lot of medical, some medical issues with our dogs. Now, I have a senior citizen home at my place with Gizmo being 20, as our listeners know. And, of course, I know that you told the story a million times. Gizmo is on Viagra for his heart. I know, and he's 20 years old, you he's told 20 me. 20 years I've old. never heard of that. I have I mean, never heard of impossible. that. I mean, he's 140, in other words. And he looks great. Wow. And he has his hearing yeah. and his eyesight. He's he plays with the other dogs and everything like he was out in the backyard running around running around yeah well i hope murphy doesn't live to 20 i mean could barely stand him when he's seven i don't know what he's <laughs> gonna be like <laughs> but you have some so yes yeah, so, so you're taking care of the dogs it's some right some issues with him and stuff yeah. and uh, it, it's a it's i'm amazed though technology though the medical technology not you know we know for humans but for dogs too it's in cats oh, yeah. it's, it's it's weird isn't it so, i mean it's incredible though when i say weird i mean it's like phenomenal well, we can keep these trips to animals the, alive yeah, longer tri- than ever. Trips to the vet are, uh, you know, they're investments. 
I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to do stand-up shows just for my just for Gizmo. You no, know, it's crazy when you. <laughs> I, I know you've uh, gotten uh, a number of dogs. I mean, you know, I've always had you to have a, uh, known you to have at least three dogs. Yeah, I got four right now. Uh, four and a cat. But, but when you when you first get them, I mean, you you know, we used to you know look in the different classifieds in the newspaper. These are <laughs> antiquated terms, I understand. Classifieds newspaper, <laughs> that kind of thing. But we used to look in there. And we used to look at the price of the dog. You know, and if the dog was twelve hundred dollars, we said, "No, that's ridiculous." You know, so or you know, if it's four hundred dollars, right. well, maybe. You know, Murphy was on sale for two fifty because it was a volume buy. There were fourteen puppies. You know, uh, so we get him for two fifty. But you know, that investment, whatever that is, two fifty, twelve hundred, that is a drop in the bucket compared to where you're going. Oh yeah, you, know, you got to be ready to commit. Oh my God, it's it's unbelievable. Well, you know, and also, I, I want to commend all owners of dogs because sometimes people will feel bad. They're like. You know, well, I didn't go to the shelter, but I, I bought my dog. Yeah. They feel bad. Don't don't feel bad about that. Let's tell you what. Yeah. You buying your dog for, I don't care if it's twelve hundred dollars or yeah. fifteen hundred or two fifty. You you, you save that dog because I, I promise you, I don't care what price that dog was. In, in a year, if there's six after a certain point, when that dog loses value, those people, the the dog will end up in a in a. You save the dog in a rescue shelter anyway. In other words, they yeah. will end up in one. I promise yeah. you. So you did save a dog. So yeah. don't ever feel weird yeah. when people. Skin. I don't, but I feel bad that uh, uh, all the time you've spent so you've devoted you know a good portion of your adult life to mm-hmm. helping animals and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and uh, I have not. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. no, you've helped. You've helped. You had dogs and stuff, and you. You know, yeah. you know, one at a time. I came to is, one at a time is time, good, yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> it's very good. So, so one of the things I noticed, like I said, the Iron Man thing. You, you did lose a lot of weight, man. It's like, did you do something like special? Did you just no, look, did, you I didn't, didn't do some I, gym thing or no? I, I tried that uh, ancient uh, holistic formula of mm. eating less and exercising more, <laughs> and uh, that was it. And that was it. Yeah. So I, I, I was ready <laughs> for you to hit me with a cabbage soup diet yeah. or something. No. I looked up this one uh, diet online. <laughs> it was um, breakfast cabbage soup. Yeah. Yeah. It's the cabbage. I did it. I did it. It do was you, painful do, do by that? day four. Well, did you read the, the same one that I read online? Breakfast cabbage soup, yeah. lunch, any fruit, all the fruit you can eat. Yes, yes. Dinner. Cabbage um, soup. You skip it. No. No, you just missed it. Oh, this day, is a, a different one. Then the next one. day, cabbage soup. Oh, okay. Fruit, skip dinner. Then the third day, cabbage soup, fruit, multiple homicides for dinner. Right, That's what, right. Mass it's a murder. prison diet. Right. It's like a prison <laughs> diet. <laughs> well, yeah, the cabbage soup one it works, but you sit there and go, it works because you're eating 300 calories a day. Of course, yeah. it's going to work. There's nothing in there. There's nothing in there, and it tastes terrible. By the it's way, it's horrible, yeah. man. <laughs> and you, well, you you look great. In, all right, so, you, so that's all you do. You just cut back food, and, and that was it. Next, yeah. And Murphy's been a big part of it because he, he requires a lot of walking. Because you know, if he's not tired, he's driving you crazy. So the thing is to tire him out. So I'm walking, you know, miles and miles a day with I, Murph. You, you, can you tell me what were you at, and what did you do? You, did you? Well, probably over the whole course of it, going back, uh, you know, I'll, I'll mark the time the way we do in Pittsburgh, back to Super Bowl 40, okay, mm-hmm. in Detroit. Since then, I've lost about 70 pounds. Yeah. We could do the book. <laughs> yeah, right. The Collier Diet. <laughs> Super Bowl 40. Oh, my God. Talk about fun. <laughs> Gene and I had the pleasure of uh, uh, hanging out during the weeks at the Super Bowls, and I, I covered uh, – like you know, four, four of them, and 
And I, I remember that one. I remember that one. That was Detroit, yeah. Was that Detroit one, right? Yeah. Was that the Diana Ross one, or was that before that one? I don't know. Uh, the Diana been, Ross one was been in, uh, in Arizona. In Arizona, was, yeah. where O'Donnell 30. threw the interception. Yeah. So that was the first one ever covered. Right, yeah. yeah. I just remember you and I always, we'd some point during the week, we'd hook up or something. Yeah. We'd say, yeah. I'd see you. Yeah, we had a good time. It was, uh, that was, uh, man, a party. Uh, that's why they call it the Super Bowl. It, that's why they call it. It's a party all week, man. It's great. Now, there are two reasons they call it the Super Bowl. Things like that. Yeah. And if it's in Miami and there's uh, two feet of snow in Pittsburgh, that is super that is to incredible. be there, really. Yeah. Now, we were Peter King's pick to go to the Super Bowl. And, of course, you know uh-huh. I pick the Steelers, of course, to go to the Super Bowl. Every year. Every single year. <laughs> and, but we have, like, two different teams. Well, Ben got hurt, though. we got to say that. But the Philly game was – Strange, and then last week again, Ben getting hurt. Obviously, that was threw us off. But you covered that. You've been a sports journalist, a real journalist. Unlike a lot of people, you're a real journalist. I appreciate that. Chuck. And well, I got. I'll tell a story about that too. There's a funny story that happened this week. But anyway, what's your view on the team from what you've seen? From you follow them from camp and whatever. What do you, what yeah. are you thinking, Gino? I mean, I always are we a Super Bowl team. Yeah, well, right now we're on no Super Bowl. You know, all Steeler analysis in any week of any year all boils down to either two words or three, Super Bowl or no Super Bowl. (laughs) Right now we're on no Super Bowl. We are no Super Bowl. Uh, But, you know. If we win next week, Super Bowl. Bowl. Actually, really, if you return the opening kickoff 40 yards, it goes back to Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, it's a very. Stop us on third one. It's a very fluid situation. I mean, I always thought the Steelers were. very good, not necessarily great. I didn't think I didn't see them winning thirteen or fourteen games this I thought, year. Yeah, this year I thought they were winning like ten. With that offense, what do you think the defense ten, you're worried about? No, yeah, I thought they'd win ten, eleven. I thought they were. Well, that's playoff then, okay. Yeah, I mean, I thought they'd make the playoffs. I think they're they're really built to beat you thirty four twenty four like that, you know. Um, so if they're going to score fifteen or three, you know, it's not going to work, and that's what they did in Philadelphia and Miami. But these things happen every week, Jim. I mean, uh, people are saying this week the Steelers have no chance. <laughs> you know who they were saying had no chance last Sunday? The Miami Dolphins. Yeah, you're uh, right. So, I mean, that, that's the nature of the league. It's very hard to figure out. Uh, I remember sitting one time with our friend uh, Jerry Dulac in mm-hmm. a press box in Kansas City. I think this was in maybe 10 or 11. And we were saying how one of the themes that had emerged in the NFL in that season was that there were a handful of franchises that were not just bad, that they were nearly hopeless. And we, and we said uh, uh, Cleveland, yeah. uh, Kansas City, and I think Oakland. All right. And in the next five weeks, all of those teams beat the Steelers. Wow. So you can never – You don't know. You know anybody who says – who are, pretends to know what's going on in this league is fooling. I mean, fooling themselves. Here's New England against which, again, the Steelers have no chance. Right. Went to Buffalo, could not score a point. Now, that was without Brady, but still – you know, they've been very good, and they went in there, couldn't score a point. San Diego's awful. They go in there, beat Denver, and that's well, the nature of the league. Well, let me ask you, it, it is the nature of the league, but a lot of times yeah. they have these guys who can step up in a certain position, a key position being quarterback. Yeah. I mean, God bless them. And you know I don't like the, I don't like the critique. really don't like to critique pro athletes because they're – Really, because I know the pressure they're under, and I think it's amazing that they made it to the NFL. Oh, but yeah. Andrew I mean, Jones, sure. how is he still our backup quarterback? Maybe third. I can see him third string. But what, he has not shown, from the fans' point of view, an ability to be 
the key backup quarterback, the guy that's going to step up and we're not going to worry. Now, he said in the locker room, I guess in practice or yeah. something, read, uh, that, hey, don't worry, I got don't, this. Don't panic. Just, don't said. panic, right? <laughs> right. He, he, went, he went past worry. I'm panicking. <laughs> but, but, uh, worry, go ahead, worry. Maybe just he'll be panic. good down the road. I don't know, but they see something, and I trust those guys who yeah, watch him. They, they must see something. Well, what do you Do you see something in this guy well, that, that I'm missing from the fans? Well, he's only had two NFL starts. He won one of them. But he's been a lot but, of practices, uh, exhibition. I mean, from what you've seen, is there something about him well, that somebody called, makes him a starter someday? that's why you keep him, right? Well, he's just had no opportunity to do that. I mean, somebody called the uh, nightly sports uh, call last yeah. night, in which I host, uh, co-host two nights a week. Okay. What's and it on? It's on the CW. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's CW. You know what? You got to let me let me know when it's on. You're what? What time? What day what do you host? Uh, I do it. Uh, a couple of days. Floating days? or Floating days uh, every week. I'll two tell you nights, what. Two nights a week. Two, uh, it's on 1030, right? 1030 on the CW. I haven't watched all. I've got to go back to. Say your deep, everyone out there. Say your record, record DVR. It's an awesome show. Now, not only you got Gene, you know, who knows his stuff, and it's it's fun to watch, but the callers are the most entertaining callers, callers ever, and that's the one that make the air. The callers, oh, are great. Yeah. the callers are incredible. One, uh, that's why I was going with this. The uh, call, a guy called last night and said, and he's complaining like you are about Landry. Jones. I love said, complaining. Yes, by him. And he said, that was me, you know, actually. he's been here since like 2013. What's he ever done? Well, what did he ever have a chance? He did the same thing you did. Yes. He sat there and watched. Did, I mean, yeah. how do you know? The Steelers, Jim, I can tell you this, are comfortable with Larry jo- uh, Landry Jones. They don't want him to play, but they're, ah, they're comfortable. I see. They just like his look and style. They are comfortable with him. He doesn't if, ask for a lot of money. they weren't comfortable. Well, don't I forget, like Gradkowski was the backup. True. Right, yeah, and he got a, hurt. All right. Yeah. So Jones is the backup. Okay. Uh, and if Jones gets hurt, Vic is the backup. Vic started a game and won at San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, Landry Jones started at Kansas City and lost. Yeah. Then he started against Cleveland and didn't play too well. Ben relieved him, and then he relieved Ben in the playoff game in Cincinnati, and he was terrible in that game. But, yeah, he's not Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> but he, we haven't seen enough of him. No, I mean, which I got it out of you, as you know. I you don't know the scene. I'm now an investigative reporter. I have now de- I've uncovered it. What is it? Gene is Landry Jones' father. <laughs> I knew it. It's amazing how you do these you, things. I know. Yeah. I get it right in there. You you backed him up. Yeah. I hope he threw those four TDs because yeah. I'm picking yeah. him for my Fandle. Uh, oh, is that right? That's how you win in Fandle. Oh, really? It's my secret. I love Fandle. Yeah. I'm hooked on it. Guess what? I won eighteen dollars. Oh, did you? Yes. Wow. Once in the last three weeks, but <laughs> it's I'm stretching it. You yeah. only have to pay like a dollar or whatever two for <laughs> games, but you pick a quarterback like Landry Jones because no one else picks him. He yeah. throws four TDs. I win eighteen more dollars. <laughs> That's the way I play. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you've got to figure it out. I think you, you got to figure it out, man. <laughs> Oh God! I, uh, somebody yeah. might want to alert the FanDuel authorities. You, you know what? It's you're funny. Like a card counter at the I casino. Am. Yeah. You're going to see the yeah. You'll see the article. Cran <laughs> Insider. He is inside moves, which I know. Just Gene. Gene, you'd be in, you'd be indicted with me because you'd be my inside I info know, man. Because uh, I heard Landry all this Jones. He won his eighteen dollars. <laughs> Let's investigate this Landry Jones thing, man. And uh, it's funny, we forget that football is just entertainment. Uh, nothing more than entertainment for us, uh, you know. It's, it, and that's why it's a billion-dollar game and all that. And part of the entertainment is, and it can go break the Landry Jones is 
you need an announcer. You need someone to hype you. Because a lot of those players are so close in ability-wise. Yeah. But if you have certain hype, you become a little bit more of a star. And if you have certain, sure. you know, whatever. And, sure. And you, you need the announcer. It's a lot, of, a lot of things, a lot of moving parts to, Yeah, you know, to get people image. talking sure. about sure. you or whatever. Right. And see, like Odell Beckham gets attention, man, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he produces. But a lot of guys produce. I mean, he does. he's a great receiver, no doubt. Yeah. But still, he gets a little extra attention. Oh, yeah. People – antics but you can need the great announcer and the greatest announcer that used to do that in history and a lot of the younger generation i feel so bad they didn't get to see him and you know it was howard cosell oh, man absolutely the you absolute do, you do best a great howard cosell. thank you yeah, yeah. i well growing up that's why i was obsessed with howard cosell man yeah. i just thought he was he, he just made well, he was like nobody else he that's made true. athletes bigger than life yeah right it was, right. It was amazing like, yeah. it's, he, he was the partner to muhammad ali in a lot of ways yeah right Ollie would not be what he was without Howard Cosell. Did you did you ever meet him or anything in your life? Because Howard Cosell. Yeah, you've been everywhere. Yeah, no, that was never little, met him back in the day. You had been a kid. Uh, just uh, when I was just starting out, he You're was, just he, missed, he was yeah. getting toward the end. Yeah, but uh, I've been at events where he was, but I've never talked to him. Never actually got the okay. No. That's what I thought. I thought, yeah. I thought maybe you know at a yeah. stadium or something, maybe bumped yeah. in. Yeah. No, but whatever. I admired him. He was different than everyone everyone else, and he he mm -hmm. was one of the few guys, the few broadcasters in sports that had a good perspective on sports. He didn't think it was as nearly as important as people like him were making it out to be. Right. But he had that kind of, uh, uh, I guess that's called a, a conceit, not, to, uh, yeah. not, not meaning that he was uh, egocentric or egotistic. It's just that he understood that this is, as you said at the beginning of the segment, it's just a game. It's a game. And he, and he picked up the entertainment aspect of, in, in, oh, of yeah. it and sure. the fact that at, at the time, it was now it's commonplace. You get Stephen A. Smith or whatever to just say your what's on your mind or yeah. just say something outrageous about right. someone or just you know cutting yeah. a cutting bar. He saw himself as an entertainer too. In fact, you know he had a variety show that preceded Saturday Night Live. Oh God, it was unbelievably and that's bad. Why I loved it. Saturday Remember Night that? Live when it first when it debuted could not call itself that because that had been the name of the Howard Cosell show. Really? So, yeah, that's right. And Howard just gave up. So, yeah. All so, right, okay, you can have it. I'm done. <laughs> It, my favorite line as a kid, and I remember the first time I, like, heard like anybody say anything like nasty about a player was Cosell. And I remember I was, I was probably 12 years old. I'm watching yeah. Monday Night Football, which that? was a big yeah. event, and, and it was against, it was the Detroit Lions. So I remember it was Detroit against Bears or whatever it was, and it was raining or something yeah. or whatever. And in this receiver they had, he dropped, like four or five touchdowns, like it could have been in his hands. <laughs> yeah. Like the fourth or fifth one he dropped. A, pass right in his hands in the announcers Gifford or whatever and yeah. got game. that is uh, one of those things Howard where the rain is <laughs> definitely playing sure. you know havoc on him oh, and slick. the rest of the team <laughs> and the lights and then he goes he's protecting whatever and Howard Cassell he pauses quiet and all of a sudden here on TV no 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 that man <laughs> Has spoons for hands. That's all he said. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. He had this. He had this bit where he uh, he didn't feel as though a point had been made until he had the last word on it. Like you know, Gifford would say, "I would think the Rams would get a timeout here," and then Howard would say, "I would more than think so." <laughs> you know, it's funny watching announcers that are really—they're good. I, I have to admit, yeah—that want to be. You could tell when they were kids or whatever. They yeah. they went like Chris Collinsworth. You know he's 
Reed's good. I think Kirk Collinsworth's good. Yeah, but, but, I think but, he's a good analyst, too. Right? But, but, but one of the things I picked up on him, I'll watch this next week when you see him on Sunday night or whenever he does his announcing. Um, he has made a, a living telling me just specifically what just happened. Oh, and sure. I don't even realize he's doing it until I don't know how long it's taken me to figure this <laughs> out. But, 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 and he uses the word a lot. That's what they call, and then he'll, boom, say it. For yeah, instance, right, well, he'll go like this. He'll go, all right, say so a game, whatever. Eli Manning. <laughs> he's, you know, this is watching the replay, by the way. Because yeah, there's a crowd screaming. Yeah. The announcer saying whatever, and then he just jumps in. Eli Manning dropped back the pass. <laughs> he looked left. That guy was covered. He looked right. Beckham open. He hit him. Beckham catches the ball using his hands. <laughs> That's what they call receiving a touchdown. <laughs> it's true. And like two, yeah. two series later, it'll be like, you know, defense now. It's like, you know, third and one. Look at the nose guard. Saw the ball. Saw the runner. Stuff the line. That's exactly his cadence. That's, That's really what they good. call stuffing the line. <laughs> he has to give a title to it. That's what they call it. And then, boom, he'll tell me what it is. I love that. But I'm catching on to him. It's yeah. a, I don't know. I don't know. That's maybe that's why he hasn't hit that Cosell peak yet. He's got right. to get me on that's what they call. Right. Maybe it'll be a name of his book. That's what they call a book. Yeah, Chris is one of those guys, uh, and there are dozens of them, who like to say, you talk about finding a receiver in traffic. <laughs> well, I wasn't talking. No, and nobody was talking about that. You know? I love when you I do love, that. You talk about – no, I don't. I don't talk about it. I'm listening. <laughs> you talk about <laughs> team that's – see, I know you'd appreciate this because that's, that's yeah. another one. You're right. You talk about it as a line they use all the time. You talk you about ta tough. You, you talk about speed. <laughs> right. You talk about speed. This right. guy's fat. No, we, you're right. right. I'm going to watch it now. We're not talking about it. You know who started that, Jim? Who? Don Drysdale. Really? He said that on the Game of the Week constantly. You talk – You talk about – being behind in the count? It all comes from other <laughs> – who was the first obvious guy? You know, Sims does. Sims is cheating. He's taking it off Collinsworth. He's doing the same thing. Oh, he does it with Jim That's uh, what you Nance call it? He, no, no, he does the obvious thing all the uh, time. Uh, yeah. As soon as a play is, is, is called, every time, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, you're, you're watching his <laughs> – I just saw it. Ben Roethlisberger just spun out. You see him spin, of course. <laughs> Twirled, almost fell. You see him almost fall. <laughs> Stands up straight That's right. and then throws the ball down the field, right. which he did. Yeah. But the way Sim says it, you know, and he's always talking to Jim, not me. All right. <laughs> Jim <laughs> Nance, whoever his partners, is that Jim, this is what's going like Jim's an idiot. Jim right, doesn't right. even know. I'm going to break it down to you. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, you observe this stuff all the time. I'm tuned into things this things because of a trade trophy. I try and do this. That is true. Yeah, you're in your trophy. So I'm always Can I make it maybe game. with this uh, this uh, uh, call? Sort of you know thing maybe saying? that's what you they call you know, could be in there. That's what they call. We'll well, I'll, I'll put more. it in the hopper, Jim, and see put what's going hopper, on this year. You always try to make that, that trade trophy call. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they call. <laughs> Begging to get in the trade trophy right. call. That's what well, you know what Landry's got to do this week? He's got to manage the game. He's That's a former trade trophy winner. Manage the game. That means don't throw interceptions and fumble. Don't screw uh, up. That's all. That's what that means. He's got to not screw up. And if he, if he does. It's <laughs> called manage the guest. They call managing the game. And after the game, <laughs> when they ask Collins or if they post. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what they call managing the game. That's right. Al.
That's what they call it. That's what he did. <laughs> he doesn't have to do everything. Just has to manage. The That's game. my favorite thing. <laughs> when he's, this is an NFL quarterback they're talking about. Right. I mean, this is the NFL. It is the hardest thing to ever do. Yeah. And you'll hear. It's very go, difficult to manage the game. And they'll be like, <laughs> he just has to manage the game. Yeah. No, they makes they make it sound like I can do it. They or make anyone it sounds like my, working a shift at Taco Bell. Yeah. No, Your aunt Martha could do this. Not quite the same thing. Just man, take he the hand off. just has to manage the game. Hand the ball to somebody. <laughs> hand the ball. They might as well be saying, hand the ball to somebody who's got some skills. <laughs> yeah. That used to be a thing when they used to run the ball, Jim. And that's, that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. You're, you're in the shotgun. you got, you know, five wides. you got to read stuff. It, it's, hard, it's harder to manage <laughs> the game. <laughs> when you could hand it to Franco Harris 30 times. That's you know, good. Yeah, that's you managing. Manage. That's that was managing. Manageable. That's yeah. good manager. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Craig Wolfley, and welcome to a new season of Pre-Game Meal with Tunch Ilkin and myself. We're going to break down each and every Steelers opponent, and you'll get the best right here on the Pittsburgh Podcast Network. No restrictions. Do, do you get tired of – been how long have you been covering sports now in your life? Well, 40 years, give 35 or take years. 35 years. 35 yeah. years. Do you get tired of it? I got tired of it one time and uh, would, got right? out of it for a couple of years. I, I remember, remember maybe this, some yeah. feature stuff. Is that, is that why you did that, obviously? Yeah, I, I just felt all like all I was that. saying the same things over and over again. Uh, but then I got mm-hmm. tired of the other thing, so I came back. And that's I, what I, they re- call coming yeah, back. that's what you call coming back. Uh, and I really enjoyed it, you know, since I'm back. back yeah, yeah, you needed to maybe step away from a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that was exactly right. For a while. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, your writing is spectacular. I don't no, say because you're my friend. A lot of people agree with me. So Thank you. I appreciate it. What the hell? Getting away with it. I love that you stayed in Pittsburgh. Uh, you have talent to, to write for any – I mean, P- Pittsburgh Post Gazette is a wonderful newspaper. It's very incredible quality. One of the best in the country. It really is. We like to go, think I so. travel a lot, yeah. so, I mean, I could tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can go on the Internet and see, but I'm just saying I travel yeah. a lot in different cities and through the years, and, and when you start reading these other publications, you start to appreciate your, your Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, we appreciate that, more and, more. and we And we, we try and to do writers. Have you been tempted to move ever? To leave? I've had some offers, it's, and some of them were kind of tempting, but um, it was, um, you know, the bottom line was that I just felt – I'd be more comfortable in Pittsburgh. You know, uh, my wife's from here. My family grew up here. Uh, you know, I've had some cases where I, you know, considered some places pretty strongly, but it, you know, it, it all just didn't add up for just me. Said, uh, I, uh, yeah. At the end of the day, yeah, I'd rather be here. But yeah. how, how, Gene? How did you start? How does one start to, to well, become a writer to, to do to get to where you got there? Just give me a little quick story on how you started. Well, I I went to kid. yeah I went to college to be Walter Cronkite. And sure. uh, that was back in the era when, um, you know, just doing a simple news story required an unbelievable technical skill. You had to bring a sound guy, a lighting guy. Accuracy. You, you know, accuracy. <laughs> you know, and uh, I eventually, uh, you know, I decided it was literally too much heavy lifting. I want to carry stuff around. I want to carry a notepad around, you know. And I was, uh, I was just better at writing than I was at the broadcast. I was a broadcast journalism major, you know. But I wasn't that good at it, and I wanted to work for newspapers, and I just happened to. But it wasn't sports. That no, was not necessarily. Person. You didn't grow up saying, oh, I'm going to be a sports. No, not really. I, I wanted to be a Dan Rather or Walter Cronkite like that. But uh, it just so happened that uh, I'd have taken any newspaper job, and the one I got, which was in Pottstown, uh, 
outside of Philadelphia. Was yeah. a was a part time sports writer, and I just stayed in it. Oh, and that's there. how it did. It's yeah, just right. evolved it, like right. that thing, and it's from right. Pottstown. And what was your yeah. first big gig? First big gig was I mean, after uh, a small newspaper. I, I was uh, the, the uh, Phillies writer for the Philadelphia Journal in the late seventies. Okay, and that's where I really learned to do the job. You know, because c- competing against. Uh, great people on the beat. The other people on the beat were Jason Stark, Mark Wicker, and Bill Conlon, and they so were you're covering. They were beating my ass every day. This is my hated. This is my hated Phillies during the growing up. You're sure, covering. exactly. I covered their uh, world championship teams and good teams, you know. And I shrewdly criticized every day: Mike Schmidt, St- Pete Rose, Steve Carlton. You know. Wow. Yeah. Did they ever get pissed at you? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Any confrontations? Could Carlton ever get in your no, face? No, no. Uh, Carlton didn't talk. So uh, everybody was off the board for him. But, yeah, I mean, people get upset f- uh, from time to time, but no, nothing physical. There, there was uh, a player on the Phillies, and he would not he – de- he, le- he lets me t- – he said I can tell the story. He kind of wants to keep his name out of it, okay? Sure. Uh, and this guy was a, a starting uh, – a starter. That's all I could say. Infielder, say. Mm-hmm. And I met him in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Uh, I was, was doing some podcasts. Oh yeah, and uh, he was a guest on another podcast, and we were waiting yeah. in this waiting room area, waiting for the podcast. Uh-huh. And um, I was I was doing Terrell Owens' show. I was a guest on his. He has yeah. a podcast, and uh, uh-huh. and uh, it was the company I was with uh, a year or so ago. But they were at all these different podcasts. But anyway, I knew he was, and uh, you know, a lot of people wouldn't. But my baseball, mm-hmm. yeah. football, not in yeah. basketball, not so like, hey, we're talking about the era, and you say, oh yeah, I hated you, and joking, you know, yeah, Pittsburgh yeah. Pirate guy, sure. right. love my Bucks, and blah blah blah. And we start talking about players, and start talking about Carlton. Yeah. And then he said, uh, I said, what was he like? He goes, let me give you a story, and I love this story. Uh, he said it was uh, a big game, Carlton's starting, Carlton loads the bases. It was like the fourth inning. And the, the manager, I can't remember the manager's name. You probably well, know. Danny Ozark. Is that it? Ozark. Or Dallas Green. Or, no, I think, it was, I think it was Ozark. Was okay. he the older one or whatever? Back, yeah. yeah uh-huh. Whatever. Right. He, he sends out. He doesn't want to go out and talk to Carlton oh, yeah. to take him out. <laughs> yeah. They want to take him out. <laughs> he sends his pitching coach. Yeah. And I don't. The guy had like a nickname. I don't even know who it was. Let's just say the guy's nickname was like Duffy or something, whatever. Just, oh, just Duff or might whatever. Might have been Rip, Ray Ripplemeyer. Rip. Is that right? Yeah. Rip. It was Rip. Yeah. So he says he sends Rip, Rip out right. to take Carlton out. And this guy's in infield. So he could hear the whole thing. And, and this is the funniest thing. Carlton's standing there looking down. He's ready yeah. to face the next player. Yeah. Rip comes walking out. Rip gets as far as about 10 feet in front of a sold-out <laughs> stadium. He gets 10 feet from him. And Carlton sees him and looks at him and goes, hey, Rip. And he goes, yeah, I guess. Get the fuck out of here <laughs> now. He said the guy put his head down, turned around, walked back. <laughs> Carlton, Carlton stayed in. Yeah. <laughs> Finished the game. Yeah. Won or whatever. But I'm just saying, that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, imagine. Come on, man. That's, that's just, that would never happen now. Man, is that funny or what? Literally unapproachable. That is like, <laughs> you, what do you don't even think about it. Right. I'll take control of this, man. Right. Right. So, nasty, nasty curve. Nasty. Kind Great, of a, best slider ever. Media didn't cover. Willie Stargell described it as trying to eat soup with a fork. Bet is an era like none other for baseball, man. Yeah, right. I had, I had uh, so much fun covering those teams, and the relationship between the Phillies and Pirates 
was one of the great things you could see. It really was. It was, And it's right? too bad now they only play six or seven times a year. I know. Because they used to play 18 times. It used to be such a hated yeah, thing. Yeah, it was we great. hated them so much. It was awesome. Yeah. It's funny. You know, sports is, are covered almost like you know, politics or anything, 24-7, every second. Yeah. Could you imagine? Now, you saw behind the scenes how crazy some of those guys were. Yeah. Could you imagine what would happen to the image of the game then if we had the news yeah, yeah. kind of well, technology that, we have now or just the, just the technology we have? I know. Probably. I mean, uh, it would have been crazy. You know, one of the things, this is kind of a byproduct of what you're saying. There's so much attention on it now. Uh, when I started, which would have been like in the late 70s, uh, baseball players and maybe to a lesser extent football and basketball players, but, but even to a, uh, an extreme extent, hockey players – Used filthy, disgusting language, you know, <laughs> and they and they do, could yeah. not hold it back. Oh, I see. Okay. You know, that was just the way the locker rooms were. Yeah. Now you hardly ever hear a bad word in a oh, locker really? room because so there are so they many there's cameras. cameras. Yeah. So it's just a different, yeah. different system. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, but the partying aspect and the crazy people. Who's the craziest athlete you know? Oh, I, you know, they, I mean, they, just that's out of his mind. They, they all have their. They all have books now, so there's nothing hidden. Have books, yeah. Like Dykstra and stuff. He always yeah, talks well, about crazy. Dykstra was probably right up there as far as you know. Uh, strange people out of their minds. Yeah, but everybody's out of their mind in the, in, a, in a in a different way. Like P. Rose is completely out of his mind. Real, but he's. Uh, oh, not me. Really, of course he is. <laughs> yeah, Pete Rose. But um, <laughs> but he was the best person I ever covered. I mean, for my purposes. I mean, I, yeah. he was, nobody was any more approachable. He he helped you with what you were doing, and then he read what you were doing, and he would talk about that the next day. I mean, he was amazing. You're kidding. He was amazing, and he had so many stories. Pete, remember when this? Turn on your, you know, get your pad open. He'd fill it up for you. And I had a lot of work to do, and he was great to me, really great. Jeez. Yeah, but I was so naive. You know, like I'd go into a locker room, and he'd be sitting on a television watching San Diego State play basketball against Oregon. And I would think, boy, what a fan this guy is. You know, really. <laughs> yeah. Hitting really. His car. Absolutely. <laughs> Jesus. Absolutely. That's hysterical, man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, you know, you being on the show, I actually was uh, thinking about you because I saw this, this uh, thing about the it's, I'm switching gears there to the election, yeah. presidential election. We're recording at the Laney's Coffee Shop the day after the debates. Let's give you the timeline of where we're talking about this. Right. But, of course, they talked about the analysts, about undecided voters and undecided. And I think yeah. of Gene every time we hear undecided voters because I'll just say it, whatever. you got, you got to say your thing about why. I'm, I'm like, you shouldn't be undecided at this point, but. Your line, of course. Well, you know, I'm not somebody that, I'm not one of these social commentators that is always saying, get out the vote, get right. out the vote. You know, I'm a keep in the vote guy. Yes. I am. I'm, I'm Allegheny County cho- uh, co-chair of keep in the vote. Keep in not the vote. Not everybody should vote. No. If you, if you think that, um, if you thought Santorum was the warm-up act for Pantera, mm-hmm. don't vote. I don't think so. If you think um, if you think Al Qaeda mm-hmm. is the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's not don't good. Vote. Don't stay in. If you think Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. was the cousin with the speech impediment on Laverne and Shirley, don't stay the fuck home. Don't you register. Know, really, that's kind of where I am and on the yes. election. You know, if you're undecided, people at in this Minnesota point. should not vote. They like wrestlers, comics. Come on, this isn't going to work. It's amazing. <laughs> I know we're the greatest country on earth. How to, and it's just 
But Jim, entertaining to watch. It's your, it's your, it's in the Constitution. It's sacred. It's your right to vote. Yes. If you can, if you're a naturalized, if you're born in this country, you can vote. If you're a naturalized citizen, you can vote. If you can get your ass down to the Motor Vehicle Bureau in most states, you can register to vote down there. We have early balloting, late balloting, absentee balloting. Uh, pretty much, as long as you're not a black guy living in Florida, you can vote. But pretty look, yeah. if you want to fish, <laughs> if you want to go fishing, yeah. now you're going to need a license That's for true. that. That's true. That's true. And it costs like $5. Sure, absolutely. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And, and <laughs> well, you know, I can see people while they're going back and forth because I do a little bit myself. You know, this isn't a political show or anything, but as you know, but still, I, I'm sitting there watching the debate. And That's I'm amazing. looking at both of them. I'm like, one second, you're like, eh. Like, amazing. Eh. I mean, you have, you know, Hillary Clinton, who looks like those robots at Disney World that, like, kind of, you know, greet you, telling me, spouting out her stuff, and it, which n- half is true. I look at the fact check stuff the next day, like, oh, so what she saw? wow, what a great, uh, so sincere, I believe everything. <laughs> no, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, who, who I don't know what to say, he, when he Speaking left. of people who are out of their minds. When he leaves yeah. the debate, his daughter Ivanka Ivanka is that daughter yeah. Ivanka yeah. but I see the daughter his daughter looks like uh, the daughter who who walks into the bar for her drunk father <laughs> to get him home and walk him back to the car because that's you know she has like the arms right. kind of slowly yeah. talking to him like talk hey, nice to him mouthing, don't make him upset <laughs> mouthing to people who he insulted <laughs> he's, he's drunk right now yeah. but he'll apologize tomorrow you know, yeah. and get back and then get in the car and go that's what I think of when she said, because yeah. you'll say stuff too. That also, like Hillary, half of them. They, they, if you go, to the, don't even go to the fact check thing. Half of what Hillary said lies. Half of what Trump said lies. My, my favorite one is uh, he he denies right there. Like when he goes, you know, he said that uh, women women were tra- uh, unattractive or something at a rally. No, no, no. no I remember no, he said he didn't make fun did of the it. reporter. Never uh, did it. Never did no, it. No, no, no. There's no, video of it. That's what I was thinking. He's one of the, I mean, I, 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 I questioned myself seeing the video. I'm like, wait, I saw the video. <laughs> yeah, we all know people like this no, who no, are no. willing to stretch the truth. But <laughs> there are a few people. Uh, maybe you've met somebody like this in your life. But there, I've never seen anything like this. This is a guy who, when he says something, he believes it's true because he said it. It has nothing to do whether it's true or not. Uh, yeah, and he, he's really good at getting that message across. It doesn't really, oh, man. I don't even know what he's saying. No, his followers really love it. He says really it over and over. Yeah. And I had a friend who <coughs> repeated what he said to me, which didn't make any sense, right. where we were talking about, I can't remember how we got into it, but we're still talking about this yeah. and that about the politics. And, and my yeah. friend said, but he said he's going to stop China. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah he did. sure. He did say that. And then, but then an hour later, I think, wait, 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 what is he really going to stop? I don't know what he's. There are a hundred, you know, there are a hundred ways in which. I'm going to punch him in the nose. I want to punch China in the nose. How do we do that? <laughs> there are a hundred ways in which this presidential election is unlike any other. But the, the thing that sticks with me is, I mean, this is my opinion, obviously, mm-hmm. but any other Republican would be beating her. And any oh other God, yes. and any other Democrat would be beating him by fifty points. Yes, that's a good point. That is an absolute. That's your best point. You're right. It, it, it's one of those years. You're it's right. One of those elections. It's completely ridiculous. Where it's the which, which one? Which turned why, inside out. Thus, I guess we do have some undecided people. But uh, uh, you know, talking about our presidents and, and historically, when you look back at our, our president, I'm sure 
other elections and other presidents, I'm sure, I'm sure they went through this. I'm, I'm, you know, as far as like controversial things said and, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and, sure. and somehow our country, that, that's why our forefathers are, had it down perfect. For whatever reason, we're, ab- it, we're able to get through it. Your president yeah. is only four years and we get another one in, right? right? It's right. In, and they keep checks and balances with Senate and House and right, all that right. stuff. Uh, but but it, you start looking at the history of some of our presidents and there's some in- interesting, colorful characters. I know we're going to have a colorful president, whether it's Hillary or, or Trump, yeah. because I look back and I just saw a thing with, with Richard Nixon. Yeah. Okay. And who was one of the most storied and supposedly corrupt presidents, and a brilliant man, and a, and he did a lot of great things and a lot of bad right. things. Yeah. But one of the funniest things he did was was a, made into a, a movie that I saw this past week. It was when Elvis Presley. Oh yeah, I heard went, about this. Yeah, was went, it good? Show? You have to see it. Yes. Yeah, is it good? You can yeah. get it. I, I believe it's like on, you can get it on like Netflix, mm-hmm. Hulu, one of those things. Right. And it is. Phenomenal. Uh, really? the, the actor was the guy from um, Boardwalk Empire. I gotta find his name. I wrote the actor's name. Michael Shannon. Thanks, Wayne. Michael Shannon played Elvis. Doesn't really look like him, but he's a great actor and kind of took the mm-hmm. persona. Kevin Spacey uh, plays Nixon. Plays Nixon. That's good. Yeah. So, but th- so Elvis thinks he can help. He, he w- he's watching TV and he, and he can't take it anymore because he's seeing Woodstock and all this stuff and he. And he so he, he's off. Just gets done touring like thirty cities, yeah. and I, I, I got a feeling they didn't want to say this is toward the time where the, the La Vegas era, I think, with the mm-hmm. suit and the glasses. So he may have been seeing the doctor a little bit this time. Yeah. So <laughs> he goes to Washington on his own, supposedly. Yeah. And this story is supposed to. This is I looked it up. It's, it's pretty, pretty true. Accurate, yeah, pretty what, accurate. What yeah. really happened here? He goes by himself. This is Elvis. He goes like. Four no entourage. No. This is three or four in the morning. This was a mission he felt he had Oh, to do. my. In the middle of the night, he's in the Memphis airport. He's trying to get on a plane. He goes, uh, and he walks up to the counter. True, it's supposed to be a true story. He goes, uh, excuse me, I'm going to take a uh, flight to Washington, D.C. And the lady can't believe it. So, oh, my God. Yeah, really? It's my dream. Blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure. She goes, yes, I can get you a ticket to Washington. Blah, blah, blah. So goes, can I see some ID? He goes, uh, <laughs> yeah, hold on a second. And he, gets, and he has a badge that he got from the Memphis police. That's all he got. Oh, really? And he goes, there's a badge. And she goes, well, you need an ID, a photo, any kind of ID. You have anything. He goes, is this enough? And she goes, respect <laughs> Don't you respect this? And she goes, yeah, oh, okay. Well, the next thing you know, he takes his jacket. There's a two, he's two guns. He has two guns and one in his, in his boot. Oh, my God. So the security comes over. Yeah. They take the guns. And they're like, man, you just you can't do this, man. Yeah. And he goes, uh Hey, man, you know, I, pr- I appreciate what you do, the work you do. <laughs> and he starts smooth-talking these guys, yeah. taking photos with them. They let him on a plane. So with now the he, guns? Yeah, oh with my the guns. God. So he gets the guns, the whole thing, he's on a plane. So he gets, so he, this is 1973? Seventy three? Two, three, yeah. Yeah. So he goes to D.C., and he's hanging, and he writes a letter, handwritten letter. Now, Sonny, or Red, I can't remember which one, shows up and his other buddy. Yeah. Two of the Memphis Mafia show up yeah. to protect them, yeah. just to make sure he doesn't do anything crazy. Yeah. They're in a hotel suite. He writes a letter, and he walk, goes to cabs to D.C., to the Capitol, to our nation's capital. I'm sorry, to the White House. Goes to the White House, gets to the guard, and says, I want you to hand this, hand this letter <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nixon. And the guy's like, that's Elvis Presley. So the letter ends up in the PR department's hands. Yeah. Nixon has nothing to do with him. He's I don't want anything. You gotta be you gotta be shitting me. He like right. swears at them, and they're like, "Well, this will be good PR." 
because the kids, because don't forget, this is Elvis at the time. Yeah. Goes, still huge, really, still in Vegas, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and he's still at a younger, a little bit younger demo still, yeah. and, and he's like, Nixon's, Nixon has a straight-laced thing. Yeah, yeah. And are like, hey, the kids, it's, PR is PR people, it's chief of staff, and so on. you should just take a picture with them. Yeah. So he relinquishes. All right. He didn't realize Elvis wanted a federal badge, Gene. Well, yeah. He wanted to be a DEA head guy and go undercover <laughs> as a guy. And he gave the name. I'm sorry if I'm saying the name wrong. It was like Dave Burroughs or something. He gave really? a name. Yeah. Specific. He wanted to be Dave Burroughs, undercover drug agent. He's telling Nixon. Nixon's, Nixon goes like this at one point because he's talking real nice. Nixon goes, uh, so it's great. You're, you're here. And he goes, he goes, so you want to do a concert or a, a telethon or something, right? Get the word out that, you know, kids shouldn't take drugs or something. Yeah. He goes, oh, no, no, no. He says, you really can use me. And that's when he went, I want to go undercover. There's a guy named Dave Burroughs. I can infiltrate biker gangs and things like that. He goes, and then I'll make the big bust. Yeah. He just <laughs> stunned. His, the only reason he took the meeting is his daughter, Julie, was an Elvis fan. One oh, of the picture. Yeah. She wanted an autograph yeah. picture. Wow. He goes like this. He goes, he just to get him out. Yeah. He goes, so uh, if I give you a badge, he says, uh, we take a picture and give me. There's no pictures. <laughs> really? He said, why? He goes, because if I go undercover, he'll screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> and we also said, if I undercover, he says, I did. He always gets, I did 75 movies. I know how to do costuming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to go undercover. He looks exactly the same in every <laughs> yes, movie. Yes, <laughs> in every movie. But he knows how to do costuming, he said. they undercover work. Like, he would be able to work undercover. Like, he could be in some some mob yeah. or whatever <laughs> in a biker gang, right, and go, uh -oh. no, 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 my name is Dave Burroughs, man. <laughs> it's not Elvis Presley, TCB. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to see it, man. Yeah, Just, you got to see it, it or read, uh, read about it or get a book. I'm going to get books on it. It's just one of the most fascinating. He fascinates me, the, the, yeah. that, whole, that whole. Was he mentally, is he just crazy, do you think? Is it just at that point? I mean, really, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Or is he just got? Was he just so in yeah, such a surreal state? Some drug problems. Maybe that, or just insulated <laughs> from life so much. He just. Well, yeah, he had a weird dream. He had a weird adulthood, and that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, to specifically give the undercover name, man, that's a, that's amazing. He had a plan. He had a plan. He had a plan. No, no, you're 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 an entertainer. Also, people know you you do stand up and stuff. Uh, uh, you could see you could see. Some of these entertainers being a little bit delusional. We've run into some stars that are a little bit out there. I could see them being that way. Sure, absolutely. No names, but you know, we've seen yeah. people. Yeah, I it's mean, well, once people get a lot of attention, uh, you know, my friend uh, Billy Gardell likes to say this that it doesn't really, you know, it kind of reveals your character, it doesn't build your character, you know. It, and, it's, uh, it's, it's, it does. I thought that was a good point. Yeah. It, it does, yeah, yeah. Merle Hodge mentioned that to me yeah. one time, too. So it lifts the curtain, same thing. It lifts yeah. the curtain. It's, it's right. true yeah. of who you are. Yeah. In other words, if you were an a-hole, you'd have been an a-hole if you were a manager right. of a place or a restaurant or, or yeah. a superstar. Right. An asshole. Right. I, I mean, some people, I guess it gets to some people's heads or whatever. But I don't think Elvis was an asshole. I, I don't mean that. I mean, he yeah. just like, kind of lost touch, maybe. Yeah, I think his problems were He was a real nice guy, they said. Sa everybody said he was wonderful. They'd yeah. give cars away. Give he met you right away. now. I'd be your yeah. favorite color, Jean. Blue, yeah. blue Cadillac. I was thinking the other day. I'd love to meet him right I'd now. I'd love for someone to give me a Cadillac. That'd, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be something? What was that like, <laughs> man? That must be great back then. Man. 
I, I went to the Elvis Museum one time, and they had a whole oh, story on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. In Memphis. He offered someone a Cadillac he had given to only an hour earlier. Yeah. Forgot it. And the guy said he gave him earlier. He pulled a gun and put it through his head and said, take the Cadillac. Oh, he took wait. it. Uh, so he could be surly, even though he was a great guy. Was that is that at Graceland or is it a that different place? In that was Graceland. Okay. Yeah, they yeah, take you through the there. tour. Is it worth well, it? It was in his car museum park. Yeah, is it worth it? Is it is the it best tour you'll ever get. Is that right? Yeah. You and Jerry have to book it. Yeah, I, Jerry it's wants worth to go. Always says that. Yeah. Oh God, a weekend in Graceland. Everybody yeah. out there, you have to do a weekend. Yeah. In As a matter of fact, this show. That's my goal. Next 12 yeah. months. We have to we'll go do to it from, we'll do it from Graceland. Let's yeah. all go. <laughs> Would it go? Absolutely. Let's do the podcast from Graceland. Out, if everyone out there, if you want to go, we, we got it. We, I'll set it up. I'll set an email. We, we should go to Graceland, do yeah. a big podcast show there. Yeah. I'm all in, man. I'm down. I am all down. Hey, <laughs> tell, let's talk about your stand-up shows. Where you're performing at. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks, for, man. thanks for asking me, Joe. Yeah. Uh, Saturday night I'll be at uh, – I've never been here before. I'm really looking forward to it. Okay. It's, it's Phillips Lounge in Arnold. Arnold PA, okay. Arnold PA, and uh, I'm going to be with uh, Sean Collier, who's doing a lot more comedy than I am because I guess he's a lot funnier. <laughs> I just ran and, into uh, Sean. Yeah. And uh, Suzanne Lawrence will be on that show, too. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, you can get tickets. I, I think you can still get tickets at uh, 724-339-8660. 724-339-8660. That's a 730 show Saturday night in Arnold. And then... Um, uh, I'll be in, uh, I think it's um, Butler in November or somewhere else in November. But uh, if I can mention in January, the 20th and 21st, I'll be at the Arcade Comedy Theater downtown, which is one of my favorite venues. That's a weekend uh, in that is January, the 20th and 21st. Twi- was it 20th and 20th? 20th and 21st of January. And also, Inauguration day and the following day. And also, <laughs> and that's the nice thing about podcasts, see? Once Gene writes the number, or, or says that, I'm sorry, you can, you can yeah. go back. You can rewind. True. You can get the number. That's right. You can get the place. I'm pretending like it's AM radio. Like you'll never hear this again. No. You know. <laughs> no, it's the great thing about podcasting in our podcast listeners. And in, I got to tell you, Gene is one of. The, if you haven't seen him yet, and you may have heard him. You're going to absolutely love his stand-up. It's just brilliant. That, it's very smart. Yeah. Very funny. When and I, and Sean also. Sean's a great. He's turned into a great stand-up. He's really evolving into a great young. You know, he's yeah. a young guy, but he's great. He's really well, getting when better. When I first better. got into stand-up, which is going on 20 years ago now, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Cram was a guy I wanted to be be like, be like Jim. He was the most <laughs> Thanks, beloved brother. stand-up around, and still is. Thanks, brother. Right. I appreciate that, man. Sure. Hey, uh, I, the, the person... Uh, you and I both uh, love too. And it's a Rocky Blair, who will be on the show also in the oh, next good. couple months. I uh, definitely good. talk about. Yeah. Uh, Gene is uh, one of those guys, man. I would be leading with this, but you know, he's an accomplished playwright. Also, uh, he, he wrote the Chief, uh, co-wrote yeah. the Chief with Rob, Zellers, which is with right? Rob, and it was wonderful. If you, a lot of you listening, who know me and and probably have seen the Chief, I would, I'll bet. Uh, but he, he's really done one with about he, it, yeah. he's done with Rocky, Rocky Blyer. Yeah, and uh, that's coming up also in December, I believe. Right, December at the Pittsburgh Public Theater, which is where the Chief was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocky Blyer as himself. Rocky Blyer is Rocky Blyer as Rocky Blyer. It's a one-man show like the Chief, and uh, Rocky Blyer did it last September in its uh, in its premiere at Heinz Hall. Uh, and it was just phenomenal. I mean, I, you, know, you know, Rocky's an accomplished public speaker. Obviously, that's what he does. He's a motivational speaker. So uh, he's comfortable in front of crowds. But I just couldn't believe how good he was at this. And this is a real slice of theater. It's not an after-dinner speech. It's, uh, you know, we had a great... It's a script. It's a script. Uh, we had great uh, support in the, 
the set is by Ann Mundell, the great um, professor at Carnegie Mellon, and we had so many. Uh, it's directed by Scott Wise, who's done uh, the, the credits of the people involved with the show dwarf anyone else's, including mine. And it was a great production. Now it'll be even better, I think, at the public, which is kind of a smaller space, and it requires a little bit more intimate space than Heinz Hall is like doing it on a football field, you know. But Rocky did a great job that night because he had never done it uh, for an audience before, and he could not have been used to the way the crowd would react to it. Sure. And still, he he just didn't miss a beat. He was amazing. And now he's going to get to do it like 14 times. It, it, start, it opens December 20th. And closes January seventh. Sometimes you'll do it twice in one day. I mean, which he's going to be physical, great at it. Yeah, which is physically grueling. Yeah, and he's <coughs> seventy it's, years old. It is, and he does a great job. How old is he? Seventy. He looks twenty years he younger. Looks, yeah, he looks younger than us. Well, he <laughs> works out uh, at the gym where Hetty works out, and Hetty yeah. will see him, and you know he'll be benching more, yeah. ten times more than I yeah. could ever bench. And, and, she, and, and uh, when she sees Rocky, I got to hear a fifteen-minute speech on how out of shape I am <laughs> from Hetty, from my wife. Because, you know, well, Rocky, man, look, he's, he's works out all the You don't, when are you going to get up the couch and work? And I'm like, I will. It's just like Rock. <laughs> so Rock's going to come on the show and play to remind you. But I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, thank so you, So you can Jim. make your plans for that. Thank you. I'm going to be there that, at that. And Rocky's, because amazing life. Yeah, what a story. You know, he approached me about this uh, a couple years ago. I forget when we started writing it, maybe three years ago. And he had an idea for a show that was different than his speeches. And he wanted to incorporate video and tell stories about Joe Green and all, all this, uh, all these ideas he had, which were good. I mean, I could have written that show, but, uh, you know, I, I sat down with him one day and I said, Rock, you know what? You've got, you've got good stories about Joe Green and you've got good stories about the Chief, but a lot of people do. But the, one, the best story you have is your own. You know, are you, you not want to tell your own story again? He was a little hesitant. I said, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. That's the best story you have. Let, let's write that. And it's an amazing that. story, yeah, people. Yeah, it's a, it's a, great as story. a lot of yeah. people know, but the younger generation, you'll be Yeah, you'll, you'll be stunned you'll be at the story. It, it, it touches on so many iconic American institutions. Uh, you know, Notre Dame, the Vietnam War, the Steelers, politics. It's just the I theme mean, of making a comeback. Yeah, and, the, and coming back. <laughs> Talk sure. about inspiring, man. Right. Fighting uh, back, man. as he said. Yeah. yeah, fighting back. Gene Collier, thanks, bud, for joining Thank you, me Jim. at Delaney's, Anytime. man. Anytime. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a, you know, I had a good Wayne, time. Wayne, another great job. Dave, yeah. Frank. Uh, thanks for your kind stuff. words. I appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Gene okay. Collier, Jim Crane, No Restrictions. No Restrictions. This is John and Craig, and we are from the Jagoff Podcast, the only podcast all about Pittsburgh. Check it out on PittsburghPodcastNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to the Pittsburgh Podcast Network. For more content from this show and other podcasts from your favorite Pittsburgh personalities, subscribe for free on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. Just search Pittsburgh Podcast Network on any of these apps and check us out at PittsburghPodcastNetwork.com. Thanks for listening.